1: Welcome into to another episode of One of These Years, our Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Chris Burke, just back from uh, Lambeau Field, uh, joined by Nick Baumgartner. You can find us on the Athletic app ad-free. You can also get us over at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all the places we've been uh, for the last year and a half now, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, pretty good first half from the Lions on Monday night, and then a flip job, Chris. You know. <laughs> a flip job, <laughs> <laughs> and now they're zero two. So, what would you think? Uh, what do you think of that one?
2: Um, fa- uh, pretty interesting um, because, like you said, the first half I really did think the plan and how it sort of how the game kind of unpacked was perfect for the Lions. It was like exactly if you were going to draw it up the way that you wanted it to go and you know, against Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau like that with the defense the way it is, and it's going to be like this all year. Basically keeping him in situations where you're daring him to stay in runs, shortening his fields, and not giving up those big plays, and then keeping him on the bench and letting your offensive line really dictate how the game's going. On top of that, you're getting confident kind of not kind of. I mean, you were getting confident in the pocket, Jared Goff. That's exactly, exactly the recipe. Every week, I thought, for the Lions. And, I mean, I went into halftime. I told you last night. I was like, I would not change anything. Yeah. And, of course, he did. I- <laughs> <laughs> but, like, wow. I, you know, they were getting gassed on the ground. But, honestly, I thought, like, who cares? Like, just keep limiting the shots, limiting, the you know, all the things that we talk about that they can erase. And you're going to give yourself a chance You know, when it gets down to winning time, but they just couldn't get there. I thought, you know, they got further this week in that process than they did last week, which I think is progress. But you flip it around and it also makes it that much more frustrating the more I sort of thought about it. And I was like, that makes it much more frustrating that they played that bad in the second half or the third quarter specifically. Like that was, that's a frustrating thing. And I think that that was the thing I took away last night was like, we're just going to have to see a lot of those. We're just going to have to get used to people being like, well, that was really frustrating because I think that's just going to happen sometimes. I mean, I'm curious on your sort of vibe on the same way there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it had to be a frustrating game because even looking back on it now, you're having some time to decompress and look back at the numbers. Like Aaron Jones averaged 3.9 per carry. <clears throat> some of that was yeah, towards right. the end of the game. Um, but 3.9, A.J. Dillon was 3.6. Rodgers, at halftime, I pulled up the, the next-gen stats for the game, and Melifanwu and Ora Warrior have been targeted once, and Melifanwu... Mm. Forced an incompletion. It was the one that uh, he was running with the guy. It hit hit him in the back of the helmet. Like It was pretty similar yeah, to the really, one Akuda yeah, yeah, yeah. gave up the touchdown on, except the receiver yeah, didn't exactly. make an adjustment this time. Um, so that was it. They weren't throwing to the corner outside. They weren't really testing those guys at all. The defensive line, I thought, played better. Flowers and Okora. Romeo Okora certainly looked more aggressive up front. They got some pressure. They got to Rodgers a couple times. Right. Flushed him from the pocket. And so I'm really looking back at the defensive game, and it just, to me, boils down to that they could not account for Aaron Jones out of the backfield. It was just one thing, right. basically. Like they, like you mentioned, they sort of shifted. I think you, uh, you know, we got a post coming out Wednesday sort of breaking down some of this stuff, and I think you said something like Aaron Glenn blinked first in the matchup when he, they gave up the 50-yarder, the play that who mm-hmm. got hurt. Um was like one of the very few times that they weren't in too high safeties all night. Um, I, I don't yeah, know. It was like I, one of the first ones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that they did a, a lot of things that they wanted to do, even defensively. And you come out of there with an 18 point loss because, you know, you have one mistake and things kind of snowball on you.
2: Right. I mean, I think that that's how they just, that's just their life this year. That's just how it's going to have to go. Like I, you know, the game was not the same after he took that third and 12 and said, Oh, you gave me one safety, I'm taking it. Like, and he hit it. And it's just like that's and the game was. I mean, I don't want to say the game was over, but the game was over. Like right there. That was it. That's their margin. Like, they cannot get those back. And, you know, furthermore, all the little things like we talked about, like they could not cover. You know, they picked on Will Harris a couple times. Although, you know, the more I kind of went back through it, it was like, I actually think this probably ends up being maybe one of a better effort from Harris than. That we're used to seeing, although it still probably wasn't great. Uh, And then also they picked on Jamie Collins. And it's the same thing a little bit like we saw last year um, when the Lions played Green Bay. They have no one that can cover tight ends and they have no one that can do anything with backs out of the backfield. It's your safeties and your linebackers and coverage. Like it's the same issue. It really wasn't even the corners as much in this game, I didn't think, as it was You know, your inability to do anything with Rodgers when he knows he can get matchups like that and he does it all the time to them. And it's just like, (laughs) you can't give him those big shots. I think that that's the thing is you've got to make him go the long way. And that was kind of what I thought in the first half. Like, he's just – and I was listening to the Mannings, you know, or whatever, and they both talked about that. They were like, they're in this soft zone. And they didn't understand it. They were like, why are they still in this soft zone? They're just going to run it all game. And I'm like, in my head, like, no, stay in it all game. Make him take the long way and make Rodgers – who is frustrated, right? He entered that game frustrated. Make him check and check and check until he gets frustrated and maybe he'll make a mistake and you can flip the game. And I thought the Lions flinched first and he took advantage and that's why Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But like it's it's how it goes sometimes. But that's when we're talking about no margin, like that's kind of what we talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... Apologies if I know I've had some, uh, had the weird typing issue a couple of weeks ago. so oh, no, just I just opened the door and came in here. So I'm oh. <laughs> just like rolling through all the you're sound fine. effects. Uh, yeah. I mean, and look, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? And you got Devontae Adams, right. and you got Aaron Jones and like Robert Tanyan's really good tight end, especially in the red yeah. zone. And I mean, that throw, the touchdown to Tanyan, Canceloni oh, was all over I mean do? the only thing he didn't do was put his hand up but he was all over that route if you were watching that and you went back through that tape with a quarterback who isn't Aaron Rodgers yeah you'd Not probably say to him what are you doing why are you throwing yeah. that pass right exactly that's covered with a guy over the top there's a safety over the top too and you have a player breaking across the field wide open for a first down take the first down Rodgers being Rodgers you know rips one in there yeah you know, Tanyan puts his hands up, and it just lands right there on a line over Anzalone's shoulder. So sometimes you just tip your cap. I think the same thing, like the Devontae Adams deep ball, didn't love the coverage there, but it, it's a 50-yard pass to his outside shoulder right. dropped in yeah. perfectly. <laughs> like it, I mean, sometimes you're going to give him up. And, it is what it is. And you yeah, just got to right, exactly. come back. But I think that, that was sort of what Dan Campbell's point was, at the end of the game, which I thought was pretty interesting, where he said, you know, I put this one on the offense. I thought, and I think yeah. that's sort of what he was talking about. The, the more I've had time to think about it now is just, right. you know, Rogers, you're not going to hold Rogers to 14 points. I, I mean, no. I know the Saints just held him to three or whatever, but most games you're not going to hold Rogers to 14 points, especially at night uh, at home. He's going to get some. And mm-hmm. so you can't let, Twenty-one seventeen after that touchdown uh, become, you know, just just sort of fall apart on you. You can't let right. it go from one thing to the next, and that's what we've seen happen now twice for the Lions is they have these little stretches where it kind of it just really gets away from them. And I think offensively too, uh, you know, like we've said, that that first half looked really, really good. We saw a ton of the stuff that they showed. Um, yeah, it did in camp that i Mm -hmm. we thought was going to work um a lot of the pre-stat motions a couple of the formations where they you know they they put two wide receivers to the left they put a like a back and a tight end to the right and sort of force the defense to give up what they were running like all these little tricks that you can do and they worked a lot we even golf even broke out the (laughs) zone read for 20 he did like yeah he got it (laughs) I mean, it was all. I working. thought it was a smart plan. Yeah, for and sure. And then the fourth and one didn't go. And that was that felt like a huge turning point in that game when it happened. And, you know, it turned out to be mm-hmm. a big turning point. So I, I don't know. That fourth and one, what. Yeah. What do you think? I, because if they went for it, they ran for a fourth and one. <laughs> yeah. In week we one and we just
2: got stuffed. Right.
1: <laughs> and, right.
2: Exactly. And so we just got done talking to Campbell and he said that, right? Like, you know, last week they tried one on fourth and one. And, you know, the Packers know that, right? You know, it's one of those things where you know that they're probably looking for certain things. And you also know that they know you've been running the ball. So maybe they're going to think run here and try to, you know, mess with you up front and and get something there. And just a quick hitter and messes the whole deal. So I understood the logic of it. But I do think maybe to a degree you outthought thought yourself because, you know, or at the very least pick a better pass you know because I thought it it, if if that was what you wanted that's a tough one because and I know that there was you know St. Brown sort of worked his way open on the other side of the field but I don't know if that was Goff's first read or his backside read or whatever but it just seemed like a high degree difficult the Mannings talked about that and it was was a great point it was like why are you making him make this like across the field extremely difficult throw on fourth and one you work worked so hard to get yourself to fourth and one over here on the other side of the field, like, with your offensive line, let it, you know. McPayton said something, what would he, what'd he say? He said, third and ten is a talent play, and fourth and one is a scheme play. you got to have a better play there. And I thought that made a lot of sense, and I thought that was a critique too. But the plan in general from Anthony Lynn in this one, I thought was, and Campbell and everybody, really, I thought it was very good. I thought, you know, they're doing – what they need to do. You looked at last week's tape with the Saints, how they play Green Bay. They, they hit them on the edges and they mess with Green Bay's corners in those zones. And that's what the Lions did too. And they tried to do and it worked. Um, and Goff was aggressive when he had to be and then it stopped working. And that's kind of the trick here is that one or two mistakes for this team. There's a couple that are going to be unforgivable. And there's some that are just going to be really hard to overcome because they don't have the roster to do it. And so you just can't make them, and it's it's a hard thing to ask. But it also lets you really see where guys are at, right? Like that, I thought about that a lot last night, Chris, talking about golf. Like, man, like we're not gonna There's not going to be any doubt, I don't think, about where he's at as a quarterback because every mistake and positive play he makes is going to be magnified, right? Based on you know kind of who's around him here.
1: Just for the fourth and one for me before we move on from that, because I don't want to nitpick yeah. it too much, because um, I. I I think, you know, if those work, then they look great. And if sure, they don't, then you're like, well, why didn't you do something else? But in that particular case, I think you're right. You know, Campbell said after the game, the first read or the the play was designed to get Hawkinson in a one-on-one and the Packers took that away. So whether Goff saw it pre-snap that they, it was gone or Mm-mm. that was his first read, it was gone. And his second read was the one he threw, which was Cephas in the one-on-one. But right. like you said, he had you know St. Brown worked open. Swift came out of the backfield. I'm assuming those were options three and four, and Goff didn't get to him because he right. took the shot. And, you know, on the one hand, you, you like that he has some confidence in Cephas to go make that sure. play on third down there. He had a couple really nice catches in the first half. Goff talked after the game about how he's, you know, continued to improve. He's really a guy that they're starting to trust here, and I think you see that there. But that's also one of those – bad golf plays where he just, right. like, slow down, yep. you've got options, like, process what's happening. The pre- pressure was coming a little bit, but he, like, he wasn't bailing out for his life there. Like, I think he had time to spin back and find Swift or St. Brown. So, um, I don't know. I, I didn't love that particular play call. I like the idea to go for right. it, and, and yeah, I think I that there's something in between, you know, going – you know, putting nine on the line and trying to power while you, yeah. I even it think you could like RPO that, right? Yeah,
2: anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, you could do a lot of stuff there. Yeah, I agree. Just something different um, in terms of the the approach. Yeah,
1: I just hate taking, as we talked about as the game was going on. I hate taking the offensive line like kind of out of it there because mm-hmm. that's where you were winning that game and that's where the whole exactly. game plan was built uh-huh. is around yep. winning up front. And you basically were just wiped that advantage away and and said, well, we'd rather have C fits against. Whoever it was, Kevin King, right. like Eric yeah. Stokes, no, whatever totally quarterback agree. was there. So, um, but otherwise, we've got two weeks now of Anthony Lynn plus all mm-hmm. of camp and the preseason, and yeah, I mean, I think this all looks pretty good. And that's admitting that this wide receiver group is sort yeah of is what it yeah. is. I mean, I guess my only yeah. other criticism at this point or critique, I don't know, and criticism sounds too harsh, but um, the only other thing I I really would like to see more from them with the personnel that they have is, uh, you know, throughout camp, I think they did a really good job of designing stuff up to get the ball in St. Brown's hands. And we haven't really seen any of that. You know, they were right. running screens for him and he was their guy they were using on some of those jet sweeps and things like that. And we haven't really seen it yet. Maybe it's coming, but um, that's the one thing I would say could help a little bit, but I don't know. Like right. how many times is Trinity Benson, gonna go just win a rep on the outside and, and camel keeps talking about tom kennedy being so great and like, i don't know man like i just don't know what else you can do offensively that anthony lynn isn't doing so far
2: no i totally agree with that i mean it would really help if tyrell williams could give you something here i mean because right. that's really oh, the, the sure. thing that's i think that's what's hurting saint brown as much as anything else as well because a lot of his work is going to come from the situations where you know, if you can get Goff, you know, and and this would have been a game where you would have really liked to see Williams because Goff was here for it. You know, like he was aggressive in the first half. Yeah. Like we talked about that uh, early in the game where they didn't get a touchdown there on that, that one drive where they come down, but I mean, they called shots and he took them, right? Like he's not checking the ball down. He's taking, and this would have been a game where maybe that extra deep threat or a big body like that could have, could have helped you out. But, you know, creating extra space underneath for a guy like St. Brown, that's what, you're hoping someone like Williams does in time. And, you know, maybe when they take away Hawkinson and that, then that's extra stuff for him. But that would help a lot. I But I think that, and we talked about this today and it's something we wrote for um, Wednesday. Like, there's some issues right now that they have that you're just not going to be able to do anything about. Like, defensively, you know, what do you do? I mean, in the secondary, <laughs> you're not fixing yeah. that this year. It has to be fixed through the draft, you know. Uh Receiver... Is another one of those things, but I would also argue at the same time, and I could, you could play the other side of it and say, "Well, I mean, they're not dropping passes, really. Um, it's not the receiver's fault that they're that they got off course in that game." And and these are the moments where I tell myself that I really agree with Holmes's philosophy. What it seems like, anyway, is his philosophy with receivers, where it's like you could patchwork this if you you got to get better, obviously but it doesn't need to be this dominant, you know, like you got to be on the hunt for these great. And I I think that that's something to remember as we go forward here, as they build this team and like ID what's the most important, you know, because right now, as we look at it, and that's an interesting question that just kind of popped into my head, like safety linebacker receiver are still obviously positions where you're like, you got nothing there, but like receiver is absolutely number three on my to-do list in that conversation, I think right now. And, and that's something that, I kind of try to look at the whole context of how we're talking about it, but those are interesting things to talk about too, I guess.
1: Do you think they? Sh- Again, I'm going hindsight here, but I know we talked yeah. about this a lot in the off and it's come up before. But do you think they should have done more to get this roster? I don't know. I well, don't, I mean, not even more. Yeah, I think I know what you're Just saying. to have like more meaningful yeah. depth headed into the year, because we talked a lot about. Well, it feels like they need another cornerback, or like maybe they right. need. If Perriman's not going to work out, maybe you go get another receiver. I mean, there were a bunch of spots here where you sort of looked at safety. They signed Dean Marlowe. He's not even playing for for whatever reason. Like exactly, it, yeah. You know, I just I don't know. We safety haven't really is talked, the one about for me. Yeah. talked about Holmes. We've talked about Holmes and sort of the big picture. Like, give him time. He's building with the young guys. They're going to find out what they have. But short term, do you think he missed some opportunities here to to put this team in better position early in the season?
2: Safety is the one that I can't. Get over in my. I mean, I, I don't. I just like, and I know maybe there, maybe it's gonna come for Will Harris, and I'm just gonna be like, well, this is great. But like, it's such an important position in the NFL. My God, they're so athletic and so good. Look around the league. Look at the guys that are making these big and defenses now. People are starting to figure this out. It's very hard to play defense in football in 2021. You need these guys on your back end that can do everything. And your safeties have to be able to fit the run. They have to be able to cover in man. They have to be able to be organized in zone. And they have to know everything. They have to be awesome football players. And the Lions, it's like, I think you could have given yourself more, like we've talked about in camp a lot, right? Like you didn't have to spend a bunch of money and get an awesome safety, you know, in year one here as you're trying to reload. And I understood that. You didn't even necessarily have to maybe draft one, I guess. But I would have liked to see them maybe invest a little bit more there than they maybe use in some other spots, I guess, because it just didn't seem like they prioritized it at all. Yeah. And it's like, it's killing you right here. It's, I mean, I think it is, but I mean, and then that corner, I guess they tried there to kind of piecemeal it, but you know, things were the way they were in camp and they didn't really react to it. So that's another one where you say you just didn't, you're not, injuries are happening, but you're not really giving yourself a chance to hang either. And that's the one, those are the two, I guess, that I can't really get over.
1: The safety thing is really interesting because they signed Marlowe, who was a great third safety. Yeah. A really good third safety in Buffalo. I mean, he didn't have a – there wasn't a ton on his resume. Like, he hadn't been doing it for 10 years, but he was really effective in that role. And he came here, and it seemed like they were going to fold – some three safety looks into things as they were putting the pieces together. And then they Hmm. got to camp and we didn't really see any of it. And now we've gotten into the regular season and they haven't done it at all. And so I kind of, I don't know. I I don't know if the, just the game plan shifted at some point, but even some of those spots last night where throws were going to the tight end or to Aaron Jones, especially, you know, you kind of wondering, well, would you have more of a chance with, Dean Marlowe following Jones out of the box mm. than Jamie Collins? <laughs> like, is that yeah. a way to counter what's happening here? And, and obviously Derek Barnes, I think is an option there too, but it, it's been interesting that that hasn't happened. And I think you're right because they still really, they've been very high on Will Harris and we've seen him make a play here or there, but yeah, nothing right. that, exactly. you know, you get super excited about. And To me, it's almost more disappointing that Tracy Walker isn't showing up more because he Mm -hmm. is the guy who has the athletic skill set to kind of fit there. And I don't know, maybe just bouncing around positions like he has the last year or two has slowed that down. But that's like he had that one Rodgers threw right into his chest. He made a really good read. He was in coverage and should have been a pick. And like those are the types of plays you need from a guy like that if he's going to be a game changer for you. So... I don't know. I mean, that, it's tough when your safeties aren't playing well, and your linebackers are your worst unit, and Ugh. you're down to Bobby Price and Jer- Jerry Jacobs as your backups, and now Price yes. is like temporarily a starter. Like, there's only so much you can do <laughs> defensively to cover up all. Well,
2: that. yes. I mean, first things first here, as we've arrived on the defensive side <laughs> of the ball. Derek Barnes needs to be on the field. I mean, Campbell did say it this more this afternoon. He was like Barnes deserves a shot and he and Glenn are going to talk about it today as they do every week and all this. I am sure that they have, have hesitation with Barnes due to coverage responsibilities and all these other things. Right. But Anzalone and Collins (laughs) aren't exactly lighting up the world here. Uh, You know, Anzalone, at least, you know, Campbell said today, Anzalone wasn't perfect, but he's playing his ass off and he was all over the field and he was in on a ton of tackles and we're going to take that. And somebody was like, what about Collins? And he was like, Anzalone plays harder was more or less what he said. And that led into the Derek Barnes is going to get a chance. And it certainly seems like it's going to come off of Jamie's uh, rep sheet. But like, I don't care whose sheet it comes off of. Like Barnes needs to play because they have got to get faster in the middle of the field for no other reason than to, they've got to start being winning more down, more first downs, right? They have to be better on first down because if they're in third and five or six, it is over. It's over. Like, so they have to be better on first and second down to even give themselves hope to have a chance on third down that somebody even accidentally screws up or something like that. Because that to me is it. And Jamie Collins is not doing you anything against the run right now uh, or anything in the, in the flat or whatever else in terms of the things, picking these guys up out of the backfield. It's just not there. So Bad signing by Bob Quinn, bad want, wish list thing by Matt Patricia, whatever. It's not there. You need to give Barnes a chance. And I think that that's probably what we'll see this week, I assume. But, you know, that's what's still screaming off the page here. They're just too slow in the middle.
1: I mean, this, this is another example here of where Dan Campbell just – Oh, yeah. This cannot, was weird. And there's no filter. <laughs> like, it's just, he's going to give I mean, a you good the truth. Like, a good weird. A good weird. You appreciate it for sure. But there's no way when it, it was Dave Burkett asked him, you know, people yeah, criticize right. Collins' effort level, like, do you see anything to that? And he basically said yes. <laughs> like, he basically <laughs> is not playing hard. He didn't
2: say no. Yeah, he
1: uh, didn't say no. And I think, like you said, it sounded like. You know, just reading between the lines that they're going to try and get Collins on the field on third downs, yeah. but only as a pass rusher, probably. I mean, you can't use him in coverage, so uh, – and you – I don't know. I mean, it sounded like at some point here we might be talking about whether he's even still on the roster. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, those – are that's an interesting discussion. We talked about this before we started, right? Like, that's what something I want to ask you in the show here. So – First time we've arrived at this, and I think that – I don't know that this will be a thing. Maybe it won't. Maybe Collins will be like, yeah, he's right. I I was dogging it, or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe he'll be like, this is bullshit. I'm not doing this. Right? Both could happen here. So, like, what do you do? Because you're weighing the cap. So, now you're Brad Holmes, Chris. You're weighing the cap. You're weighing weighing the current situation – do you go to Collins and just be like, "You're going to be the third linebacker here, and it's going to cost us whatever it costs us," or do you release him and or try to trade him or whatever? I don't know. What do you What do you do here in this situation? Yeah, I mean, uh, because already, we also haven't seen Barnes play yet. That's the other
1: right. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, and Collins already took a pay cut uh, before mm-hmm. the he season start or a restructure before the season started. So, I mean, you could move him. I mean, you could trade him or release him at this point. At, like you'd be tacking on some dead money to your cap this year, but. Like, who cares mm-hmm. at this point? You're not spending it on anything. I mean, right, yeah. cut into what you're rolling over maybe a little bit. But um, I don't really see a way that he's on the roster next year, right? No way. I mean, no chance. so we're talking about are you going to be better in the present with him out there for the next 15 games? And I I don't know. <laughs> I really it's don't, debatable. Not if he plays like that. I mean, yeah. he just seems like he, he doesn't have in the quick, juice yeah, in, in to get out in coverage. Yeah. He looked like the slowest guy on the field, and the Packers kept attacking him because of it. But he also, to Campbell's point, you know, Anzalone... Missed a bunch of plays, but I guess at least he's throwing his body in there and trying to right. disrupt things. Collins is just sort of letting no. the blockers wash him out of the like. Exactly he's not getting that from Jamie Collins. He had the one at the end where he blitzed and he took on the running back and sort of freed up a sack, and that was about the only positive play I could remember from him the entire game. So, I I don't know. I mean, I you have to see what Derek Barnes can do, and not like, well, let's get him four or five snaps. Like it's the Ravens, you got Lamar. Like let's go. Just turn him loose oh, yeah. and yeah, let's yeah, yeah. find out. Absolutely. Like, give him 40, 50 snaps. And just and there see. you said
2: it. This is the excuse week, right? Where you're like, well, we've got Lamar out there, Jamie. You can't be running around anyway. You can't chase him. You <laughs> <Right>. got <laughs> to right. get – yeah, because, like this is – but uh, yeah, no. I mean like it's an interesting conversation though because you're going to have to have it with some people here maybe, you know. And obviously I think Collins was the first one that everybody kind of pointed to and said like – you know, he's here until Derek Barnes proves to be better than him, and then he's not here. And there are other guys on the team right now that you could say that about, and those conversations are going to probably have to happen when they get here. But what are you getting out of those guys in the meantime as opposed to what they're giving you back? Like, we haven't really heard any complaints about him to this point. Right. We haven't heard Campbell say anything in camp that, to the contrary, usually, that, you know, it's been, they've liked what Collins has given them, they've liked how he's worked with the other linebackers. And maybe again, I would say maybe this is just another Dan Campbell moment where he's like turning the needle on a guy because he's done that a couple times yeah. already. We, we heard him do that with Swift. We heard him do that with Levi. We heard him do it with uh Stanberg. And so maybe this is just him being like, I thought he talked it and it's not anything that he wouldn't go walk up to him, probably in the locker room and say either. And I, I oh, think I'm sure that's he's already tip. told
1: him. He probably that's yelled him the on the, the sideline.
2: <laughs> that's the difference. And the thing to remember about the Dan Campbell Lions, is that anything he tells us, he's probably already told the, play- the player to his face in the locker room or during the game. So, I, I that conversation's probably already happened between so, Dan Campbell and Jamie Collins. That'd be a fascinating one to, to, to watch.
1: Well, right. But that so there's two sides to this for me, which is one, you know, I. Bringing up cutting Collins or trading Collins, and I yeah, we're right. like ten minutes removed from me saying that they don't have enough veteran guys on <laughs> exactly defense. right. And yeah, like yeah. Collins, I don't know I don't if know, would do he's that. someone yeah. that wants to hold down the four, but you can't just keep cutting until you're no, left with only right. draft no picks one left. and yeah, practice yeah, right. squad guys. So that's one part of it. The other part of it, though, is just this dynamic of how Dan Campbell operates. And like you said, I'm sure Jamie Collins is well aware that they are not happy with how he played or the oh, effort yeah. level in that game. Yes. But it's a different thing when the coach goes to the press and says, "Well, he's not playing as hard as our other linebacker who's <laughs> out there, and uh, we've got some spots where we can maybe use him on third downs now." Like, yeah, I, like without This is a thirty, what thirty-two year old linebacker who's been in yep. playoffs, Super Bowls, made a ton of money in his career. He probably knows he's not going to be here in twenty twenty two, and it is a guy who I think fairly. Has been criticized throughout his career for not always seeing yes. seeming like he's invested, like he does right. like he's, like this is not this did not just come out of the blue on Monday night. Like That's this correct. has followed yeah. him his whole career, <laughs> and so I think this is going to be a test of how these veteran players respond to Dan Campbell, and I I think he will say he would say at least behind the scenes that if Jamie Collins pisses and moans about it, oh yeah, see ya. Bloody. Gone. Yeah, I don't want it anyway. Right. And Look, if he says he's, you're right. I need to play harder. Let's get back at it. Let me get in the film room. That's what you're looking for. But I, it. I'm curious to see how guys are going to react. I am when too. they start getting called out like this. Because we talked. We just got done. We wrote that
2: story two weeks ago. We just got done talking to all those guys. You know that knew Dan Campbell from back in the day, and all of them pretty much said like. He's not going to put up with any of that bullshit. And the, I remember, I think I was talking to, like, Steve McKinney or one of the McKinney brothers, and it was like, well, what do you mean? And they were like, well, "Let's just go tell him. Let's just go walk up to the guy and be like, that's not good enough, good enough. Yeah. and, like, you know it. And he'll just do it and not give a damn. And, like, that's, that's what the whole staff is going to do to this team. And we talked about this early, early. Like, your veterans, like, that's why Brockers is here, and I think that's why they like him a lot, is I think they think that... Brockers can handle that. I don't know if they know that whether or not Jamie Collins can handle all that. I think that they've been through camp and stuff. They seem to get an understanding that they liked where that was going, but I think this is another test of it and we'll see how he responds. because you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can't, you can't bring veterans in here who are going to challenge that sort of culture that you're, tr- you're starting to build because you cannot play Jamie Collins. If that's what you're telling your roster, like, The guy who practices the best and plays the best or whatever is going to play like that means he's not playing next week, right? Like, period. End of story. Like, you have to follow up your word, and if guys can't sort of respect or understand that, then they really can't be here.
1: I was trying to find my uh, the quote from uh, Quincy Carter, the former Cowboys quarterback who played with Campbell, and uh, yeah, because he said something similar like these guys are like. They're gonna find out yeah <laughs> like right. if they don't want if they're not all in every single moment of every day that they're in that building, they are gonna get weeded out of here because Campbell w- puts so much into this he's not gonna let other people put less into it basically exactly you yeah, know right. and and so uh, Quincy Carter's message was just like watch how many guys get cut over the next year or two <laughs> that you think maybe could have helped. Because yeah, right. they're just not seeing what they want from him. And yeah. there are a couple guys on this roster that I think you probably could circle and say, well, that, this isn't going to last very long. And Jamie Collins yes, that's maybe fair. is one yeah. of them. Um, yeah. And certainly...
2: He'd be top on the list right today as far as I'm looking at it. Because I don't see a lot. That's why I thought it was so glaring. Yeah. We are not seeing effort issues anywhere else on this team. I don't see any. I mean, you know, everyone else out there, guys have had problems, right? Guys have looked bad, but I don't think anybody else is dogging it. And, yeah, I mean, that's and it's, that's an interesting one. I don't
1: know. And because I thought Collins looked pretty engaged – during camp and like there were a bunch of guys who you know Michael more than last year even I'd sort of
2: to to be fair
1: coasted through camp like there Mm -hmm. were some guys and he was you know Brockers was dealing with an injury but there were some guys who took you know those veteran days and Collins was out there every single day and he seemed to be chatting with Glenn and and like he seemed to be invested and then you get into the season and I you know I wonder how much of this is that he's not trying, and how much of it is he looks like he's not trying because he's just washed as a football player. <laughs>
2: I think well, that might that might be what it is. Yeah, maybe like, it's
1: both. I don't know, but you can't live with what he gave you Monday night. Right, like, you just can't do it. it, especially against an offense like that that has you know the types of running backs and tight ends that it does. But you know, we've seen it two weeks in a row now, where Collins has been a huge liability, and I would. <laughs> I would probably disagree with Dan Campbell's assessment about Alex Anzalone that he was. Yeah, all over I don't the know about field. all that. I, I mean, I, he played hard, certainly, and he made. He was a all bunch over the field, miracles, all right. But. <laughs> right. I don't know. None that of it didn't was good. seem like what they wanted. Like right. Like I don't. I don't know. I that didn't. No, seem like...
2: it didn't. It didn't. But like I think, like his. I guess his point probably was even to just oppose, like at least he's. I mean, at least he's playing hard.
1: (laughs) He's trying, right. You know,
2: and it's like, yeah, fair enough. I mean, if that's the bare minimum of what we're talking about here. But no, he certainly wasn't. And, like, you could actually make the argument Collins probably (laughs) might have played better than than Anceloni in in coverage to a degree. But, like, maybe that's the – yeah, maybe that's why this is happening and we're going to find out. Maybe, you know, maybe it's Campbell and, you know, Glenn sort of challenging him and being like, I don't think you're washed as a player. I think that there is more in here, and I think you need to um, turn it on a little bit and figure out if you want to do this or not. And I I wonder if that's what's happening, because, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, Anzalone, to sit there and be like, I thought he played well, and Collins sucked, like, it's kind of being like, <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> you know, Collins didn't play well, but neither did Anzalone, so I don't know what that's all about, but it does seem to me that they're certainly challenging uh, uh, Mr. Collins here one way or the other, or already have done so. Um, And we'll see how that, you know, how else do you approach that? There's no other way you he was terrible. So um, (laughs) I mean, they both were really. So to be fair, but you know, the the depth and everything else, I mean, you got to get Barnes in there, but what else do you do? I don't know how how much further you go. Do you get Reeves maybe more snaps? I mean, what do you have? Three? I don't know if he gets more, you know, but I don't know if he's better either, you know, in that situation. It would help to play somebody else at quarterback, I guess, but yeah.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: So up front, they got Levi Anzarike back. Um, As I said, I think Romeo Okora and Trey Flowers play a little better. I think Brockers, you know, he, he... Campbell called out Brockers as having a nice Mm -hmm. game Um, I thought he looked more active for sure and he again he was dealing with that injury so maybe he's feeling better now Uh, and I think it it felt like the Packers were a lot more successful on the ground than they actually were Um, yes you know there wasn't really any interior pass rush again um, which is is something that's a problem but I thought the defensive line looked better in week two than it did against the 49ers in week one. I don't know if you had the same takeaway or if you've... Uh, yeah. ...out there.
2: I thought... Yes. I thought they they got a couple stops. They got a couple stuffs, They weren't getting completely depleted, you know, and rooted out of there so easily. Like, I think McNeil's going to be good. I would keep putting more on his plate, um, you know, kind of as they go forward, at least find ways to get him... More involved. Same thing with Anzarik. I know you probably want to start slow with him, and it, he didn't play a ton, but he got in there some.
1: And Nick Williams. I guess um, Nick Williams did give you and some. And Williams did get a –
2: he got some pressure in there. Um, You know, Nick Williams isn't giving you anything against the run, but that's also kind of like – to be fair, that's what – it. that was the book on Nick Williams when Patricia signed him, right? Or Quinn, I guess. Whatever. Like, was that they wanted him to help maybe provide some pass rush from that spot, which he did in this game. I mean, he's not a great run stuffer, but – You know, I'd like to see more. And I think that that was another thing Campbell was kind of pointing to. And we've talked about this. I do think they can be better in the front seven. Look, certainly. They have enough on the roster right now to get the right combination out there, get guys healthy and get guys feeling whatever, I think, to be better than what we saw because they were coming off blocks. Um, It wasn't just like a complete destruction like we've seen before when the Lions play the Packers, like we saw last year. Uh, Certainly not. So. That's probably the frustration The frustration there is that if you could just keep a couple of those first down runs that went for five yards down to two, then maybe you're living in third and eight instead of third and five. And maybe the play sheet's different and, you know, you're going to have a chance. Maybe something, you know, goes wrong or whatever. And that's how you play it. I mean, that's how they have to do it this year as they go forward. And I, I can understand that. But, yeah, I mean, I would like to see some of the younger guys there as well because we need to see it. And I think they could probably help them.
1: Well, that's really got to be like a strength of this team. This has to be the, the same way the offensive, offensive yeah, line is right. carrying that side of things. The defensive line really has to carry it on the other side and, and hasn't so far. But I do think, you know, if you're looking for sort of silver linings, I thought it was, you know, as Campbell said, kind of incrementally better in week two than it was in week one. Bit, yep. And so if it looks better in week three than it did in week two, then you at least know you're headed in the right direction. Um but, I, I, like, is there any way this defense is, like, okay, serviceable this year? They've given up <laughs> almost 80 points already in two yeah. games. You know, they're well, back to this spot where it's like, well, just give us – can you get us one damn stop, like, at right, some point exactly. in the game yes. and give us a yes. chance? Uh, I think and,
2: that – so, <laughs> yes. I think they can be good enough to do that. I think they – be I do. I think they can be good enough to – be the team that's, could you just get us one or two stops here? If we measure everything else right and we maintain on offense, if you can just do your part and limit like two of these drives to stops, I think we can handle this and pull this off. I do think they have enough to get to that. That's not saying a lot, but I <laughs> I think that's better than last year though. Right. And I think that if you want to get right down to the nitty gritty right, yeah. here, and you're just talking about incremental like improvement, like look, like, they had 14 pressures in this game. Yeah. Okay, so, like, that's not bad. Aquara's getting in there. He got in there last week, too. That's not bad. This is two straight weeks, I think, that you've gotten pretty good stuff from A.J. Parker, right? Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. another day where they got something from Charles Harris. There's a couple little things here that if they can sort of – you can't have that kind of effort from college. Your other linebacker has to be better, obviously – If you can hide some things in coverage and just play teams in that exact thing that we just talked about, like just dare teams to take chances into coverage that they don't want to do because maybe you're playing a little more stout on first down. Like If you can do that, then yeah, you can flip the script and make the offense screw up. Like That's what they need to do. They need to get out of the situation where they're under so much pressure to play a look perfectly and get into more like third and eights. Third and sevens, where it's like, hey, why don't you guys screw something up here? and Maybe we'll accidentally get a punt. Like that's what they need more of in order to get there. It has to happen on first down, but I think they have a chance to at least get to that. I do. I mean, that's not good by any stretch, but that's better than what we saw last year. I mean, I'm more, I have more hope for whatever this is defensively for them today than I did it last year at this time. I, I say that without even blinking. I don't think I don't. I would ask you the same thing. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know it's a different situation completely, but. Based on everything we're seeing here, effort, everything else, I, that's where I'm at with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... I do think the effort's better. I do think that the scheme is better and gives you at least more of a chance to sort of hang right. in these games. Um, and as you as you pointed out this week, like this was Aaron Glenn's second game. He's faced the 49ers offense with yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Now he gets Aaron Rodgers, who Good God. is going to yeah, find right. every weakness you have out there. So <laughs> you would think eventually... Like right. maybe maybe not with Lamar Jackson, but maybe No, with, not this week. Maybe with Justin Fields or Andy Dalton or with Joe Burrow go. or Kirk Cousins. Like Kirk. some of these quarterbacks you can you yes. can find some edges and take a couple shots here and there and maybe this looks a little different. So I don't I don't think the schedule makers did them any favors coming no. out of the blocks either here. But um Yeah, I mean I really I I feel like we're at a point already where The expectations for Derek Barnes are going to be unfair. And I'm trying not to add to them here. But I really want to see what Derek Barnes can do to just to change sort of the tenor of things on the second and third levels. Because I think having someone who can play you know, play downhill and be really aggressive with it and get after the quarterback and give you a couple of those splash plays would make a huge difference. And also having someone who's not just a total liability in coverage. I, and I don't. I know he's not going to be. He probably won't even be mm-hmm. that good in coverage. But no, it, right, he at yeah. least can run. <laughs> he at least has some speed, and he'll tackle. And maybe that's enough for right now.
2: Right. He can at least recover if he like takes a a terrible step or whatever, or give himself a chance. And yeah, like that's that's kind of the thing I think we're looking at here is like you're not going to get the full answer on whether or not Derek Barnes is like going to be a great player uh in 20 reps or whatever that he gets or maybe he plays the whole game here uh you know against Baltimore but like Chris is saying I, I totally agree with you you need a something in the middle there like your free hitter needs to be a guy who can wreck a drive and just you need somebody that can get in there and make a play like we see it with all these defenses like Bobby Wagner's been doing it for 250 years at this point in Seattle like he just goes in and makes a play and blows up a drive. And for no other reason than he made a play, that drive is dead. And we get a possession back. Like, they need someone who can do that once in a while. And they don't have anybody that can do that. And in modern football, those plays come from your safeties and they come from your inside linebackers. And it's like the weakest part of the of Detroit's defense right now. And that's just the plight that they're, you know, dealing with. And I think until, you know, that changes, that's kind of what they're up against.
1: What else you got? Anything else you want to talk about out of this one? Uh, <laughs> Anything else you want to look forward? I mean, I think uh, the guys uh, that we think we're going to be good offensively have been good. Do you want to talk about Sewell a little bit? You got to watch him. Uh, yeah, let's do know, that. Let's talk about a little there. So
2: let's talk about Sewell. I don't want to talk a ton about. I mean, Goff, Did we we touched on him? I I <laughs> think enough. I guess for right now, yeah. uh, or at least last week, anyway. The offensive line, I, I guess. Sewell, in this game, again, it's another day of evidence where it's like, when Decker gets back, I when we talked about this today, I, I don't know how to do this other than you at least have to try Taylor Decker at right tackle, right? I mean, I don't know, and I don't know that that's necessarily going to be a bad thing, and I think my whole thing has just been focused on, like, get Decker back in there because I think their run game could actually get better, and I think it could actually get pretty cool. If you can get him in there, I don't I wouldn't want to trade him. I would rather work him at right tackle and see if that works and see if you can make it work or whatever. Obviously, that's where my focus goes. But I I mean, I don't know if he can work at right tackle. So I I don't know. Like what I I'm curious to talk with you on this, because where are you thinking here? Because Fraley said it last week, like, I've never even seen him play right tackle in the NFL. (laughs) That was Fraley. So he's like, so we need to do that first before we do anything else. And, like, that's where they're at with that whole situation. And I think that was Hank probably telling somebody above him, like, we need to have a conversation before you just come dumping this on my doorstep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that probably needs to happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So your thoughts on this situation?
1: I mean, I thought Sewell was really good, again, for starters. You know, they obviously can run the ball. We know they can run the ball behind him. But I just think everything looks – like, for his second game in the NFL – he looks so smooth in his pass, like the pass protection in general. I thought was really good for the majority of the night. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought he was. I mean, I wrote it on Monday night. Like I, you kind of already are not. Don't even think about him out there. No <laughs> because right. Exactly. You just yeah, expect him to block whoever's going to be out there. Uh, and that's game two. And I think he did a really good job of that. I think they tried to throw, you know, an occasional little mix up at him where they you know drop someone and, and bring a linebacker or something and he was picking guys off uh, headed both directions and he kept golf clean and and so I, I don't know what more you could ask for from him over these first two games and I I don't see this really as a as a problem i mean i think I don't I don't <laughs> if sewell comes in and just plays really really well like if this is what it's going to be then all right your best five includes taylor decker let's figure out where he's going to play um right and i think that that's probably where they'll at and it, that's they've talked a lot about not wanting to get ahead of themselves let's just figure out what the matchups are let's, right uh, let's try to go week to week on it but um you know decker's also got whatever it's going to be here four or five six weeks of downtime where you, you know yeah. he can't practice cuz he's on IR but he could be off to the side just sort of like here's what feet, my pass right. set yeah. needs to be when I'm playing right tackle like this is uh sort of a built-in opportunity for them to to see if he can just do anything right on that because side. the
2: one thing the one thing we did not see in training camp because they just didn't really do this a lot you know and you don't really do it a ton anyway and they didn't do the scrimmages right or the um the Whatever practice. the in- inner yeah. practice things, yeah. So was was the one line really run blocking with everything that they do, yeah. And you know, getting wide and stretching on teams and using motion and letting Sewell kind of get wide and Decker, who can also do that too, and that is really what I kind of want to see. And that's what I'm eager to see. Is there going to be another? I'm not as focused on where is he gonna, Where is Sewell going to play? I <laughs> honestly like. I would. I think it would benefit him to stay at left tackle. But this guy is so impressive at this point. I don't know if it would be out of the question to be like, Panay, can you move back to right tackle? He might be like, yeah, coach, I'm fine. Like, whatever. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. So I don't know how this is going to shake out, but I know that's the best five. And I know that, like, there could be a lot more in the bag here in terms of the cool stuff they can do in the run game. Because they have, I, I mean... We haven't even talked about Vitae is hanging in at guard. He's hanging yeah, in. Jonah yep. Jackson's coming off the ball really well. Like and Ragnar is, you know, it's leveling out. He's the best setter in the league. Like I mean, he's he's grading out that way every every game still. Like this is how it's looking like we thought it could look, and like that's what I'm eager to see. I'm less interested in which who plays which side, and more interested to see, you know, what does this do to the offense when you got the full the full offensive line out there now, do we see something different? I'm, uh, you know, that's got my curiosity here for sure.
1: Vitae is an interesting guy to bring up. We haven't really talked about him much at all. Hanging in. We've been talking about the young guys, but yeah, yep. right? I mean, I think Yeah, he's I good. think so. <laughs> I mean, he's hanging uh, in. He's,
2: he's he's not worth the money they're paying him, well, <laughs> obviously, but he's, that's another he's hanging <laughs> in. Yeah, right. Like, he's hanging in there, and I think that for this team right now, what they are, like – He's a decent fit because he's a good run blocker. You know, he can block all schemes. Um, not the best pass protector in the world, but like if you're putting him next to, you know, Ragnar and Sewell or Decker, I think that would help him, you know, quite a bit. So it's the best thing you have, right? Your offensive line. And like we talked about it in that fourth down situation, wanting to make sure that you're, you know, taking it full advantage of the best thing that you have at, the, at that time. And so far, It looks really good, and I'm super curious to see where it goes. I guess I would ask, like, the people have asked us, like, do you trade Decker? Do you explore that, you know, avenue for him? And I have no idea. I don't think I would do anything with that today, though. That would be a conversation I don't think I would even think about until, like, January. But for right now, yeah, I would think it would be about all about you need to figure out how to play right tackle, maybe, <laughs> you know, yeah, going forward. But right. trade wise, I mean, your thoughts on that, I guess before we move on from something else, but like, do you have an opinion on that as a possibility? I know we talked about, it's not really a problem here. It's a good problem to have, but what's your thoughts on that situation? Or hypothetical, uh, I should say. I mean,
1: I get, yeah I, mean, I guess if a team's coming and saying, all right, we'll give you two firsts. And something crazy, tackle, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you, Consider it, but at the same time, if you're gonna build this through the offensive line and your idea was to pair Decker and Sewell on the edges and have Jackson, exactly. Ragnow, and Vitae inside, can we at least see what that looks like for a little bit <laughs> for before one we game? Pull the trigger on it? Like maybe that <laughs> right. like maybe that's as good as you think it's gonna be, and then you go into next season and say, All right, we have Yeah, I we agree. have one of the best offensive lines in football, we have one of the best tight ends in football, we have one of the best running back tandems in football. Let's just let's find yes. like two other guys and figure this out. Yes. Uh, so I 100% I don't know. I mean, agree. I, I wouldn't rush into it by no. any means. I would yeah, I'm with you. I would I wouldn't I would rush into it violent.
2: and I don't and if I had to bet based on all the things that we've heard from the lions um at this point with you know Brad Holmes and Campbell being like we just want good football players here. Like Taylor the thing that gets lost in this and Chris brings it up every single time. <laughs> Taylor Decker is a good player, ladies and gentlemen. Like he's been a good football player for the Lions, pretty consistently, yeah. apart from that year where he, you know, had the back problem and everything else. But so, like, he's one of their better players when healthy. He's one of the best players, really. Captain, everything else. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know why you would want to move him. I, I don't think it's a we got to get rid of this guy. I think he's still an asset that you drafted Sewell, knowing that you know this was possible. I'm sure right. that it was you know in your head. So. I don't think it's a problem either. I I just think it's it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Of course, but I'm more interested to see what it does to the offense because I think it could actually you know help them quite a bit.
1: All right, let's wrap. Uh, give me one thing you're looking forward to on Sunday when the Ravens come in lines try to get their first win against, as we've said, another very difficult <laughs> offense yeah. to deal with, and uh, maybe maybe you get a trap game though. The Ravens just yeah. put that uh, great one. The emotional, the yeah. Uh, right. Maybe you get them. Kind of let down. We'll see. But what's one thing you're curious to see on Sunday? Well,
2: it's going to be a big test, I think, for the offensive line, the pass pro. And so for Sewell, and this is the one where we just got done talking about the Decker uh situation there. I was not terrified of Green Bay's pass rush in this game. No offense to my old uh pal there, Rashawn Gary, and all the rest of the guys. Uh, <laughs> I was not terrified of Green Bay's pass rush. I don't think it was terrific. We talked about, and I think this is real. The matchup that Sewell had with Bosa in week one, I thought, was a good one for him. I'm Mm -hmm. interested to see. Baltimore is going to bring a lot of shit (laughs) at Detroit from a pass rush and exotic and a pressure standpoint. It is going to be all cover zero, all cover one, bring the noise all game long. They are going to push and push and push and try to make golf as uncomfortable as possible. So, this for me is like the one where we're going to have our answer on, like, is Sewell a left tackle or not? Like, if he struggles here, then... Are we still talking about like, is it impossible that he could never move? But if he also stacks up here and plays well against speed on the left side, then it's like, well, this isn't even a question anymore. He has to stay here, right? So, i I would think that that for me is maybe the the biggest thing offensively, anyway, that I would look at. And then defensively, it would be, it would be Barnes. You know, are we going to see Barnes? Is he going to be able to hold up? Um, and is he going to be able to give them something that they haven't had? And I maybe stole the two easy ones, so I'll ask you the same question. But is there uh, are there two that you would say maybe offense and defense there? Well,
1: you, you kind we of led into mine because I really want to see. I would like to see what Jared Goff playing well for sixty minutes looks like, and this yeah, is that's a defense a that's going to give him, like you said, this is a defense going to bring yep. some pressure, but they're going to give him some chances to go downfield. So is this is this going to look like the first half where he mm-hmm. kept, you know, he was sliding the pocket he was keeping plays alive behind the line of scrimmage he was keeping his eyes deep he found Cephas on that one he looked for some shots is he going to be like that or is it going to be where it did, just get the ball out of my hands I got I can't do this right mm-hmm. now and it's throwing right. one yard checkdowns every time and he's taking some bad sacks and he's throwing into triple coverage you know turnovers that are flipping the field this is another another test for him and, and sort of where he's at with this offense because I I Man, I can't shake what that first half looked like. Like if Jared plays really well for sixty minutes, they have enough with the run game and the offensive line to be to be pretty dangerous I agree. offensively. So I agree, and I I would
2: bring it back even further to week one. I mean, you can take the thing about Campbell. Campbell said all the way, but not to get us all the way on another topic here. But like the offense <laughs> is, it can hang up front. Give them a chance, yeah. right? And they might surprise you. Like I agree.
1: All right. Well, we got, uh, like I said, Ravens in here on uh, Sunday afternoon at Ford Field as the Lions try to snap out of this uh, early season winless skid, get Dan Campbell his first win as head coach. And we'll be back again next Tuesday to wrap it up. Uh, Make sure you head over to theathletic.com. If you don't have a subscription yet, we're still running our 50% off deal, um, which you can get through any of the links to our stories that we tweet out uh and uh as as mentioned at the start our podcast on the athletic app is ad free you can also find it still on spotify uh google play apple podcasts everywhere else so thanks to everyone who's been listening and rating us and reviewing us and especially those of you who have subscribed and are listening on the app now we're excited to be there so uh we we'll, like you said we'll be back again next week and uh thanks for listening talk to you soon